Thank you so much for having us, Pastor Gary and Carrie. Um, it is such a privilege to be here. Um, the presence of God is just really tangible in this place this morning. It's been such a blessing to be able to worship with you. Um, it's not lost on us that there are places in the world. We just sang about Jesus Christ, you're my living hope. And it's not lost on us that there's places in the world where uh, people don't know hope and they can't do what we just did. They can't worship freely. Um, or there's just not communities of faith where they are able to worship. And so this has just been such a privilege. And it's been so fun getting to know some of you before service. Um, it's one of our greatest honors to be able to travel around the state of Minnesota and just meet people. Our stories are really powerful. And so it's just really a privilege to meet you, to know your name, to know your story. Um, if we haven't met you, we want to meet you after service. But uh, like Pastor Gary said, uh, we are Sam and Tasana. I like that way of remembering that. It's kind of hard to, my, it, we have an, an easy name and a hard name, so we balance each other out. Um, but we are from the St. Cloud area, and we are headed to Asia as global workers. Uh, we have the privilege to work amongst uh, unreached people group that numbers 9 million people. So it's 9 million people at the foothills of the Himalayan mountains. And the people group goes up into the Himalayan mountains, and they do not know the good news of who Jesus Christ, our Savior, is. Um, the team that we are joining, we're getting ready to go for our first term. Um, they own a coffee shop, and what's really amazing is they have been able, the Lord has really created inroads into this community because the farmers of the coffee beans live amongst this people group, and so the coffee shop has been able to source the coffee beans from these farmers, and it's just been an incredible miracle that the Lord has opened up. Um, but we're really passionate about reaching people at when they're at a crossroads in their life. So, uh, and Sam will share a little bit of our story, but uh, we were at a crossroads in our life and someone offered us the opportunity to come to church and to know who Jesus is. And so we're passionate about giving that opportunity to people that don't know. Yeah, so to kind of fill in the, the gaps there, how did we get from St. Cloud born and raised uh, into heading to Asia as 30 year olds? Um, so we, Grew up in, in the church. Um, it was a very different church than this. Um, and we really, really didn't have a, a whole relationship um, ideology. Um, so we saw church as the building, as the four walls that you would walk into. Um, and that's where Jesus stayed. So we would go there to meet with him and to pray to him. Um, but we, we wouldn't bring that with us through our everyday life. Um, that's where it would stay. And every Sunday we would go visit him. Um, and that's really how we saw our faith walk through probably our high school and into our college years. And so we, we really tested out the world in those years. Um, I ended up drinking a lot, um, made a lot of bad decisions just trying to fill that void that was in my life that I just just couldn't figure out where to go for that. And Tisana was um, a little less on that scale, but, but in the same idea, neither of us had a relationship with Christ. And then um, come to probably our... Uh, 20, 21-year-old uh, age, Tasana's younger sister ended up inviting us to attend a spirit-filled church, um, and that was our first time where we could say yes or no um, to, to the things that God had for us, and Tasana said yes, and I said no. Um, so she walked in, gave her life to the Lord. Um, I actually didn't even enter into that church that day. I, um, yeah, I said no, and I was... Um, staying as far away as I could, keep, keeping a, a firm, stiff arm on, on my faith. And shortly after that, um, we 
kind of continued to get this question, like, will you come to church? Will you come to church? And eventually I caved and said yes. And that's when um, we walked into a young adults event and um, saw people raising their hands and worshiping. And I was so freaked out. I didn't know what was happening. I didn't know why they were worshiping. Uh, to, to me, my idea of worship was um, very different than theirs. And so, yeah, again, that stiff arm went back up to my faith and um, they, um, I, yeah, I just continued my same walk. And um, for some reason, maybe three or four weeks later, Tasana asked me again, will you come to church? And I said, yes. And um, I found myself in the back of the room, probably the back corner. And the message that day was all about substance abuse. And it hit me right in the heart. Um, it was the first time that I felt like God had me in church for a specific reason, to hear a specific message. Um, and my life wasn't the same after that. And um, so, continue the story. Um, shortly after that, Tasana um, stepped into a staff role at the church that we were attending. And we kind of started to explore what, what God's heart was for the world. Um, Tasana was invited on a missions trip to Asia. Um, and I didn't go. I didn't really want to go. Um, my knowledge of China was from the movie Mulan. Um, and so I had no, no idea what she was going into. Um, and so I, she came back and told me about it. And I just, I was working and um, hadn't thought really much about it. And it broke my heart when she came back. She told me about children in an orphanage who, um, so this little girl was sitting on a swing in this image that I have in my mind of a picture she showed me, and her face was downturned to the ground. Um, the, the workers there were told to give her some space, not to talk to her. Um, they're trying to slowly bring her out of her box a little bit, but she had just seen her father kill her mother and then take his own life. And this is a six-year-old girl in an orphanage um, in, in the area that we're going that she will stay in that orphanage until she's 14, um, and then she'll walk the rest of her life, probably the similar, in a similar way to what I was walking, um, trying to figure out what, what can fill that void in her life. And so that, that changed our lives. Um, I couldn't get over that. And so we, um, we said we'd pray about it right away, but shortly after I was invited to go on a missions trip and I just felt like the Lord told us to take the shadow step to move into the area that, that we may not have control of, but that he does. Um, and so we, yeah, we said there's, there's no way that we can stay here and continue going about our lives without doing something for this little girl and for the millions of other little children like her. Um, and so, yeah, we, we are passionate about um, giving the opportunity to say yes to the Lord, the opportunity that Tasana's sister presented to us. Um, and that's the reason that we really go is just to, to provide that opportunity. Yeah, and I think um, we wholeheartedly believe we each have a role in that. Um, the Bible is pretty clear in what the Great Commission is, and we believe we all bring gifts to the table um, to help the kingdom here on earth, to seek his kingdom here on earth. And so uh, we'd love to share just a little bit of what we feel like the Lord has laid on our heart for today's service and for Cross Lake and for all of us, us included. Um, but before we do that, do you mind if I just pray for the next couple moments? Okay. Uh, Jesus, thank you so much for today. Thank you for the opportunity that we get to worship your name. It's the name above all names. Thank you for coming to earth, for living a perfect life, and for dying for us. Um, it's something that we can never, ever say thank you enough for, but we come to you today. We say thank you 
um, be with us the rest of this service. Um, just guide the words that are going to be spoken, guide our hearts, um, and just thank you so much for day for today. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, I don't know if there are any, I think, um, Jeremy, you're a, what, an oldest sibling. If there are any oldest siblings in the room, I am an oldest sibling, and so I don't know if you can attest to this at all, but um, when I was younger, I'm a fiercely independent person, and I have two younger siblings, and it used to drive me nuts because my younger sister specifically would copy everything that I did, every single thing that I did, and it would drive me nuts. So much so that in the 90s, I had a, a, like a um, bowl haircut, and when she was three years old, she cut her hair on her own to look like, not well, mind you, but to look like my bowl haircut. Um, come to find out the church that we went to, we sang Hosanna in the highest, and my sister thought that they were singing Tisana in the highest. And so she thought that if she did what I did, that they would sing her name, her name's Carly. So it'd be kind of hard to put that in, in Carly in the highest, but um, she thought that they would sing her name in the song at church if she did what I did. Um, but, I mean, that's really cute and it's funny, but I think that that's a beautiful picture of how we should be following Jesus. We should try to strive to look like him more and more every day, um, to seek his kingdom here on earth and to see all nations worship him. And that could be our next door neighbors, it could be people in Asia, it could be people in South Africa, just everywhere, to look more and more like him so that the nations are reached for his glory. Um, we're going to camp in the book of Matthew a little bit today. So in Matthew 4, 18 through 22 is when Jesus calls his first disciples. And these first disciples that he called, they were fishermen. So he calls them actually in the word, he calls them to be fishers of men. And this is really significant because they were fishermen. And so Jesus spoke to them in a, a specific way that they understood um, which we think is really apparent for us today, too. He speaks to us each individually in ways that we can understand. Um, in verse 22, it says that the disciples that he called immediately left the boat and followed him. So if you think about that, they're fishermen, they're in their boat, he calls them, and immediately they leave their livelihood, they leave their paycheck, they leave their comfort of their homes to follow Jesus. But what the disciples realized is that a life living for Jesus was something that was far better than anything they could ever manufacture themselves. And we believe no word in the Bible is wasted, and so I've always thought this word immediately was really interesting. And the word immediately is actually used in the Bible over 180 times. And in this instance, the Greek word for the word immediately means sincerely or without hesitation. So if we use that in context, the disciples followed Jesus sincerely, without hesitation, so immediately. And I think this is very challenging for the church today. Yes, we choose to follow Jesus, but when is the last time we chose um, to follow him sincerely, without hesitation, with no grumbling, um, no matter where that led us or who that led us to, especially in today's world, if we look around the world today? Um, and I try to imagine what the disciples maybe were thinking in this moment. Were they fearful? Probably. They're leaving their livelihoods. Were they doubtful? Yeah, they weren't going to get a paycheck. They were leaving their families. But again, they recognized that a life living for Jesus was something that was far better than anything they could ever try to do in their own strength. Uh, when I gave my heart to Jesus in college, like Sam mentioned, if you would have asked me then, do you think maybe you'll move to Asia 
and speak this language that is really difficult to speak. You won't be able to understand the people around you, and you are going to share the good news of Jesus with them. Um, if you would ask me, do you think that's possible, I would have said, absolutely not. I'm not doing that. Um, but again, I always trusted. I Somehow I always knew that wherever the Lord would lead me, I would be okay. So when you said yes to Jesus, if you've said yes to him, you actually said yes to being a fisher of men. When you said yes to Jesus, if you have said yes to him, you've actually said yes to the Great Commission. And he has made a promise to you, a really beautiful promise, that he will be with you through any uncertainty, fear, or discomfort that path may bring you. Uh, we are his chosen people. I think you need to hear that today. You are a chosen person of God, God's chosen person. And he has anointed each one of you to be his image here on earth. You are not made for this world, so naturally following this world will have dire consequences in the context of eternity. There are some translations of the Great Commission that say, as you go. So as you go into the world, disciple or um, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. If that was how we always read that, pa or that passage, as you go, how would that change our everyday mission? Um, Hudson Taylor, who was a global worker in Asia for many, many years, a long, long time ago, he's one of our heroes, and there are many brothers and sisters in Christ that are in eternity now um, from Asia because of the work that he did. He once said, uh, you don't need a call when you already have a command. Following him means obeying that command wherever it brings you. In Matthew 19, we read about a rich young ruler who asks Jesus, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And after Jesus lays out all the commandments, the rich young ruler says, yes, I've done all these things. What else must I do? I must be missing something. And it's this really important part in verse 21 where Jesus says to the rich young ruler, if you want to be perfect, go sell your possessions and give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. And that is a super convicting thought. I don't know if it is for you, but it is for me today. So I'd like to ask you just this one question, and I encourage you to think about it. And if you're a journaler later today, write it down or put a note in your phone or something. How is Jesus asking you to follow him today? Maybe it's surrendering your life to Christ, giving your whole heart to him. Maybe it's surrendering a part of your life that you haven't surrendered yet. Maybe it's telling friends or family members or coworkers about Jesus or sharing the light in your neighborhood. Maybe it's giving sacrificially, or maybe one day it's moving across the world to Asia to join us um, in the Great Commission there. That's the wonderful things that are happening, or Saudi Arabia, or South America, or wherever it is. Um, but will you say yes immediately? Uh, I'd like to tell you a really quick story about um, a friend that our team has. We'll call her Anna, okay? Anna lives in Asia in the people group that we're going to live among. And the people group, um, they mainly worship fire and nature, and I have a very, very low amount of believers in her community. So she has grown up her whole life never knowing who Jesus is, never knowing the hope that he has for her. Um, and it, she has kind of, like Sam said, gone through her whole life trying to fill different voids in her life with things of the world. Um, some people on our team were able to get Bibles into her community and where we're going. It's illegal to own a Bible. It's illegal to disperse a Bible. It's illegal to read a Bible. Um, but they were able to get Bibles into this community. And in this community, because it's illegal to have Bibles, 
believers will pass around Bibles and handwrite books of the Bible. And then they'll pass it along to another believer and it will keep going until they get the Bible again and they'll handwrite another book of the Bible. So one specific believer handwrote the book of Matthew down. And he found himself in front of Anna one day reading to her the book of Matthew. And he got to the Great Commission and by this time Anna had given her heart to Christ. She had said, this is the life I want to live and I know that he's going to take care of me. And she got so excited about this. She said, I cannot keep this to myself. My, my family needs to know about this. My neighbors need to know about this. So her and her friend got on their bikes and they biked to a neighboring village. Her friend went on to another house and Anna got off her bike and she marched right up to a door, knocked on the door and three men answered the door, most likely brothers. And she said, I need to tell you some really good news. And she proceeded to tell them all about Jesus and the hope that he gives to this world and the love that he has for them. And I'd like to say that this is where the story was really happy and they accepted Christ and it was amazing, but that's not what happened. They actually took her and proceeded to beat her and they left her on the side of the road um, because in their culture, it's just not acceptable to believe something like that. And so her friend came back, saw her, brought her to the hospital. And at the hospital, they told her she needs surgery and you need to come up with 15,000 kwai, which is the currency. And so her friend said, well, I don't have that much money. So her friend very boldly went back to this house, knocked on the door and said, I know what you did and I need this money because my friend is gonna die. And somehow the Lord got together the money from these men. The men took the money, gave it to the friend. The friend went to the hospital and Anna got the surgery that she needed. And so a week later when she was everything, she was recovering, she was good, she was being discharged. Um, they were settling the bill and they said, it's actually only gonna be 7,500 kwai. So just pay the 7,500 and that's it. And just to put it in perspective, 7,500 kwai for Anna would be a year's worth of wages. And I don't know about you, but if I got a year's worth of wages, I would say, amen, that's amazing, I'm gonna take this, I'm gonna use it as a testimony someday. But that is not what Anna did. She went back to that house she knocked on the door and she said, this is the money that is yours and I'm going to tell you about Jesus again because I can't keep him to myself. Now this is the part that is good. To this day, those three men are three of the largest house church leaders in that region of Asia, Northern Asia. And I think it's a really, really powerful story and it's really powerful. I think Sam and I talk about this. What if we all had that zeal for the word of God? What if we all had that drive to share with our neighbors? What if we all let the, the Great Commission really seep into us and, and his word and the love he has for us so that we can share it with other people? It's a really beautiful story about how we can further his kingdom. And so Sam and I are going quite literally to the ends of the earth because we deserve nothing, but God deserves all the glory, all the honor, all the praise. We're going because the beautiful people of Asia and really all over the world at the ends of the earth deserve to know the love and the hope that Jesus brings this world. And we go because a life following him is far better than anything that we could ever do for ourselves, just like those first disciples realized. One of our favorite verses, it has become one of our favorite verses, is in Habakkuk 2.14. And it says, for the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. So let it be done 
and so let it be. God will be glorified in every people group, every tribe, every nation, every tongue, and then he will come again in power and glory. It's for this joy we labor while it is still day and choose to follow him immediately. Um, again, we would love to talk with you after service and just share a little bit more about what we're going to do and what that looks like. Um, we'd love to know your names and how we can pray for you and what your story is. But again, I just want to encourage you that um, a life following him, it's not easy, but it's worth it. And it there's this really beautiful, it's also in the book of Matthew, when um, Jesus is baptized, it's in Matthew 3, he goes to John the Baptist and he says, you must baptize me. And John the Baptist says, no, you have this wrong. You need to baptize me. And Jesus says, no, you need to baptize me because this will fulfill all righteousness. And so John the Baptist baptizes Jesus. And it's this really beautiful moment where the heavens open up and there's a voice from heaven that is God the Father that says, this is my son in whom I am well pleased. And then I actually was, when we were worshiping, I looked, there's a dove that descends, a holy, the Holy Spirit like a dove descends. And it's this really, really beautiful moment. But then if you're familiar with this passage, or this book of the Bible, immediately after that, Jesus is led into the desert to be tempted for 40 days and 40 nights by the devil, all while he's fasting. And so make no mistake, immediately when you step out in faith, immediately trial may come and it probably will come. But again, right after um, the verses in the Great Commission that say, go and make disciples of all the nations, there's a really beautiful promise that Jesus has for us. And it's, and I will be with you until the very end of the age. And so be encouraged today that whatever you're walking through, whatever you may be experiencing, he knows, he knows your struggles. He knows your past, present, and future. He knows where you're going to be days from now, weeks from now, years from now. Um, and be encouraged that he'll be with you until the very end of the age. And it's, our, it's for our joy that we get to labor while it is still day. We get to reach people for his glory because he is so worthy of all the joy, or all the honor, all the praise, all the worship. Um, let me pray one more time for you. And again, we would love to just speak with you after service. We would love to know your names and again, how we can pray for you. Jesus, thank you so much for today. Thank you for Cross Lake. Thank you for what you're doing in this community. Um, and thank you for your promise that you will be with us until the very end of the age. We pray that um, whatever anyone came in the, the doors to this, this church building with, that uh, it stays here, that we fix our eyes on you. And Lord Jesus, that um, you just surround us with, with all your comfort, your protect, protection, your peace. Um, and thank you for choosing us as your anointed people to seek your kingdom here on earth. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.